Roman, right now Andrew is in my basement <gasps> playing D with Sean and, and the group. Oh my gosh. So this is like a weird time loop that we're in right now because he's down there right now, but he's also listening to this in the future right now. Whoa, that's freaky. We got ourselves a bit of a paradox, don't we? Yeah, there's some kind of like singularity that's going to open in your basement. And... Oh my god. <laughs> the LOD is going to collapse into it. Unless the singularity just keeps expanding and eventually it swallows Bellingham and eventually swallows my place. And, well, isn't and I'll that join always you on the, the other side. scenario yeah. though? Yeah. You know, we're we'll always be a, hoping we'll be, for a singularity to grow. Yeah, we'll be on the other side, and I don't know, we'll have superpowers or something cool. We'll live on a gorgeous, you know, open planet. It's like that all the time on the other side of the singularity road. Wow, sweet. Sundays in the park with Jeff. Sundays, yeah. On the other side of the singularity. Wow, I want to be there. Roman, I want us to be there. Yeah. Do you think yeah. they put comics out on the other side of the singularity? No, they've got to. And they're always they're always on time, and they're not like so many reboots that it just gets confusing and you don't care. And the data is always perfect. perfect. Yeah, it's perfect comics, perfect data. Oh, it's so easy running a comic shop on the other side of the singularity, isn't it, Roman? Yeah, yeah. I miss that. I miss those times. Place presents perfectly acceptable podcast. That's right. It's a comic book podcast that is hosted, run by uh, a, a jolly trio of folks who run a comic book shop together. That's right. You're hearing it straight from the comic shop retailer's mouth. Um, I am Jeff, and as always, I'm joined by my merry, merry co-host, Roman Staller. Roman Staller, how you doing, you gorgeous man? Oh, not as gorgeous as you. I'm doing oh, all right. Thanks. I'm feeling particularly gorgeous today. Good, good. Yeah. You look it. Thank you. We'll be back at you. You sound a little ill, though. Yeah, I'm a little ill, but... Yeah. yeah. You're like that Smith song, Still Ill. Hey, this is episode 341. I know that because we got an email this week from our good friend Will, a voicemail, telling me it was episode 341. That's the way I'm able to keep track of the episodes, so thank you, Will. And as always, we're going to start this episode of the podcast with a little bit of fun talking to our friend, Will. Hello, and happy episode 341. I think I might have missed an episode. Um, hey, I've been reading this uh, Titans Beast World run by Tom Taylor, and, uh, you know, I was pretty cynical approaching it, which I think I guess happens sometimes to people, you know, when they're enjoying something, and then there's an event that comes up. Um, and actually, really, you know, Titans wasn't really doing a whole lot for me, but I love Nightwing, and I love Tom Taylor, and so I thought, uh, I'll give it a shot. And you know what? It's actually turned out to be pretty freaking good. I am really impressed um, how much it's actually making me care. So that leaves me my question of this week. Um, what's something that you guys approached cynically, but maybe out of love and respect, and ended up being wonderfully surprised by it? Marriage. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Will. We love you, buddy. Great question. And a thoughtful question. So a perfect time to do it for an episode where we don't have the fart machine here. Um, And by fart machine, I mean Django. And by Django, I mean my very dear 
friend and business partner and co-host. And if I think about it too long, I actually get sad. So I make mean jokes about it. What's something I approach cynically <laughs> that paid off good in the end, probably particularly painting to, per, pertaining to the world of nerddom and comics. Roman, what do you got? Anything jump to mind? Well, a couple things. Um, yeah. That's what you're talking before the podcast, actually. Uh, and I haven't even finished the movie yet, but Home Alone 2. Oh, my I've... God, you're bringing up Home Alone 2 again. <laughs> Which I've avoided for years because I hate Home Alone. Um, so I never thought any of the movies were worth watching. But I started watching it this afternoon, and, you know, it's it's pretty good. It's entertaining. Um, so I, I publicly eat my words about the Home Alone series, at least, you know, number two. <laughs> you are always going on about how much you hate Home Alone. So, wow, this is I you am, are I eating am. a lot and of I still, crow today. And I still don't like the first one. Um, that still annoys me. Um, comic comics wise, uh, actually, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah, because you know like I the read the original those, one or the current thing. The well, the current ones. I mean, I read the some of the original stuff back in the eighties and liked it, but then they started getting into you know pizza and cowabunga, and then I didn't care, and then it became too popular, and then I was like, I'm too good for that. Right. But right. then I started reading it last year, the year before when um, oh, what's her name started writing it, um, Sophie Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. And I really got into it. And since then, I've watched a bunch of the movies. I've watched, you know, a bunch of the series and found the current series that I love. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Like Roman, I'm going to do two, one pertaining to comics, one not. I'm going to say pop music for the first. You mm. know, it's easy to grow up and hear pop music and kind of like it, but then you get kind of cool and jaded and uh, resent it for being popular music and and look down on it for being kind of simple in its construction. But then, you know, when you get over that, you realize that, there's you know the ability to write a great hook and make that many people find something appealing is admirable and um so anyway i like pop music and i reclaimed it uh my comic book one is going to be 90s era comic art like todd mcfarlane and jim Mm. lee and stuff i mean i obviously when i was a little kid thought it was awesome because i was like five so hell yeah but then again, when you start to like learn more about comics and craft, I think it's easier to turn your nose up at that stuff. And there's a lot of people who like really, you know, get a get a good time out of making fun of like the Liefelds and the Jim Lees and and whatnot and the pouches and the muscles and the guns. But um, it is also really cool. Like <laughs> you can know a lot and knowing a lot shouldn't ever decrease your enjoyment of other things. So like learning about more comic art shouldn't cause you to not like certain things. It should only cause you to increase your enjoyment of other things. So, you know, hold on to those things. So yeah, I love, you know, to the point where I've got like two Todd McFarlane gallery edition books (laughs) on my wall. So um, yeah, you know, 90s art, it's awesome. Will, you're awesome too. Mm -hmm. Thank you. If you want to be like Will, Jeff and Roman would really appreciate it. which means you should do it soon because Django's going to be back and he hates hearing from you. Uh, that's not true. Um, but we would love an email from you or a voicemail. You could type an email or you could record a voice memo on your phone and send it to the email just like Will did. And that email is jeff at thecomicsplace.com. That's how you get me. That's how you find me. It's really the most reliable way to do it. Although I have on the other podcast, Data Bros, Roman, uh, mm-hmm. At the end of each episode, I've been plugging my Venmo tag. Whoa. Because you know what Venmo is? It's a way of paying yeah. uh, for stuff. Yeah. <laughs> We've got some shit that's stuck in our craw. 
and we want to talk about it under the guise of a comic book podcast because we're the comic book guys. So one thing worth talking about this week, Roman Batman, the brave and the bold number nine came out. What is noticeable about this story? Did you not? Did you get it? I did get it. You didn't? No. It was the end of the Tom King, Mitch Garrett's Joker story. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Had you, nope, when was the last time you read a Batman Brave and the Bold? Uh, I don't know. I, I got mixed up and missed some and then read some and then missed some. I don't even know. Well, that's what Couldn't brings us, you. that's what brings us to this comic book of the day because I got some shit stuck in my craw about it, Roman. Well, let's hear it. I want to hear this craw. Well, it's that publication picking. thing. This is huh? issue number nine. And part four of a four-part story came out that came out in like issues one, two, five, or six, and nine. That blows my mind. Yeah, that's what messed me up. Yeah. I can't believe it's only part four and only issue nine. I thought by now they'd be on like 13, 14, issue 15. It's been a monthly series. They've stuck to that, but they just have been really inconsistent with the chapters. I'm all for giving artists the time to finish a book, but like tell us or intentionally delay it or whatever, but put it out in some order that makes sense. Looking at you, DC, and that thing in my tooth, which I assume craws are (laughs) mouths and teeth. Somewhere in your throat, I think. Okay. Well, my if you stare down the gaping hole that is my mouth, you'll see that thing in my craw. And it's slightly less in my craw now because I've expressed it to you guys. Um, Outside of that, so Roman, do you think you are going to read this? Because, you know, you probably read the first three. I think I will, though, who knows? I might... Maybe I'll wait till it's collected in one spot. (laughs) It's definitely Um, worth doing that. Like, this was clearly put out under the understanding that it's going to be a collection and that's how it's going to live. So it doesn't matter, you know, which issues this was, but it's still yeah. kind of frustrating. Yeah. Cause I would like to reread um, at least the first two that I know I read was the, uh, was the conclusion. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. I mean, the story as a whole is interestingly done. Um, I think it's super well-written and so it, it is a detailed extension of the old batman comic where the first time Mm. he ran into the joker like there's a you know and there's it pays reference to that in all sorts of panels throughout all four parts um but it feels kind of like an homage to that moment and less telling brand new stuff if that makes sense um Mm. okay so we are about to get like Joker year one. And that feels like more of kind of what I was hoping this was going to be. But this is like his, you know, just an exploration of this first encounter. But I I really like the tone and the way that they set up the Joker. I think they made him really horrifying. I think the art was great because it was Mitch Garrett's. I'll read any Tom King Batman thing and really like it. I, I But I do think it's going to be a much more delightful thing reading it all at once. Like, I think that's how it's written and meant to be consumed. Whereas a thing like Mr. Miracle or something like really made sense in its issue by issue breakdown. You know, a lot of Tom King stuff does, whereas this feels like, you know, it suffered some for how it came out, but the art's gorgeous. I'm not going to spoil much for Roman, but yeah, it's, it's very good. It's very, very good. And you could could spoil if you want. I mean, I read the original story. Bruce Wayne is Batman. Um, I mean, there's, oh my actually, God. there's actually really not much to spoil. It just ends, you know, on a really nice note of Batman visiting Bruce or the Joker in Arkham for the first time. And 
you know, it's early in Gordon's relationship with Batman. Uh, but yeah, just kind of Joker and Batman ending on this note of like recognizing that this is probably going to be a long relationship. But each one of these Batman urban legends is usually two larger issues and then one small short issue in the back uh, or story in the back. And this one is written and drawn by Bruno Redondo. And this final mm. one is usually black and white. And it is really great, Roman. You're going to love it. It is this cool. sort of patronizing but loving look at Batman and the way that it's sort of, I think it's uh, Alfred's narrating the whole thing. And it's just sort of talking about how like, it's really hard to be Batman, but it's not just Bruce that has to do it. There's a lot, you know, like for Batman to be Batman, there's a lot of support cast that needs to be a certain way. And there's like, you know, one funny part is like, I'm going to show Roman a shot of him seeing Gordon and Gordon being, you know, like, oh, he's gone. But it, there's like a, a page that if you break down, it looks that like you can see Gordon's eye line is like looking down and Batman is actually <laughs> hanging from a rope just below Gordon's cool. eyesight. So like just this really kind of wow, funny. That's nicely done. Tongue in cheek look at the the support that Batman gets from around him. It's fantastic. All in all, Rome, and I'm not reading the second story in this, which is like a mad dog story, I think is his name. Mad dog. But uh, oh, the, the guy with the hockey mask? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it might be written by Kyle Starks, actually. I think Django is reading oh my God. those and enjoying them. Yeah, Roman. It's This issue was Tom King and Kyle Starks. Or actually, there is a third story in this that's run done by Gabriel Hardman, but it's just short and doesn't stand out at all art-wise. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, uh, bang for your buck if you're looking for it, you guys. seven ninety nine four comics, like the the i think it's definitely a great series to be going the frustrating thing is that it comes out in a weird order but if you're getting all the issues it doesn't matter uh i'm gonna get it give it a 10 roman it's my roman 10 of the week between wow, that sweet. final black and white story and just the conclusion for this great batman story uh, a 10 art story Gah, top of the top of the banana if you ask me wow cool now is brave and bold is that is that an ongoing series as far as i know yeah i think that like they the tom king story was the big advertisement at the beginning of it but like the stories are not all wrapping up right now i, I think it's mm, okay. kind of designed to be the ongoing batman anthology book cool cool all right well that's a, certainly the perfect title for it on the topic of craw talk roman did you read the fucking craw. flash this week craw. uh i did okay um it was it was flash fact it was awesome. It was awesome. I got a big problem with it, though. Uh-oh, what's that? We'll get into that. We'll get it there, okay. Um, so this series continues to be fantastic, flashtastic. And in this one, we follow, for a lot of it, um, Jai West, one of Wally's kids. And I don't really know the full story of what's been going on with him or the kids, really, in general. Or I, I, like, the end of the last run, I know that, like, the mom had some powers because she was pregnant with him. Anyway, Jai, but throughout this one, we kind of follow Jai, and he ultimately, at the end, wants to tell his dad that he doesn't want to be a superhero. And we're just kind of following Wally leading up to that and Jai leading up to that. And then we're also learning more about the crazy stuff that's been happening in this Flash book with these weird fifth dimensional creature things and we got this like white hatted person from the future i don't know there's a lot of mystery to it roman do you feel i i, I didn't feel lost while reading it but how are you what's your rundown on this thing oh i love it um and like this mysterious figure that shows up with the uh the hat that looks like a large egg split in half sideways yeah. upside um, down bowl on her head yeah this guy he doesn't actually say he's from the future 
and he does the actually, but I think he's part of the science police from like the Legion of Superheroes Ooh. era. At least that's the impression I get. Okay, I'll Google um, that. Um, but I really like this one. I never, I didn't, I haven't cared about uh, Wally's kids until this current writer, um, Simon Spurrier, um, and especially Jai, always seemed like the the lame, the younger brother, lame younger brother. But his powers in this and the way he's reacting to them because he doesn't. He can't control them, and he doesn't understand them, and we don't really understand them either until this guy from the future, this mystery guy from the future, kind of points out to Jai what he's doing, and it's like, oh, wow, that sounds cool and pseudo-scientific and, and yeah. pretty awesome. And I was I was thinking throughout it, I was thinking, God, are they set up Jai to become a supervillain in the that future? That would be amazing. Yeah, because be he's so... yeah. He's he feels like he's a loser and he can't control his powers and nobody pays attention to him and he's getting pretty bitter and depressed. That's like, ooh. Doesn't want to be a superhero. Yeah, that'd be cool if they go that way with the kid. Yeah, I really like how seemingly fallible everyone seems in this series. Like yeah. Wally is not a Superman type character where he's making a lot of good decisions or feels confident about them. Like even following him, you're like, I don't know if you're doing the right thing or if your motives are all you know in the right spot yeah um, having the, having the issue uh, from jai's perspective narrated from his perspective yeah. really does point out because usually wally is like an awesome character and, and right. he's still an awesome character but usually yeah he's pretty infallible it seems like yeah but, and in this like it has it has felt a little bit different than that um yeah, yeah. It, it does not look super like the time police from legion like the but maybe but the that hat wasn't like what they looked like yeah oh yeah, and not and not the time police. I think that's a separate thing. I was thinking okay. the science police. Or sorry, that's what I wrote. I googled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah, I did. See, yeah. Um, what really got stuck in my craw about this issue, Roman, and I took pictures of it and sent them to Django. In uh -huh. at least five different text bubbles in this issue, uh -huh. somebody says the term "top priority" in describing something. <laughs> That's my top priority. You're my top priority. Finding him is my top priority. Five <laughs> times, at least five. To the point where, like, I have to be like, okay, is there intentionally, like, laying the groundwork for some things going in there? Or is it sloppy writing? Is it, like, repetitive writing? How do you feel about that? He said top priority five times in here, Roman. In 22 pages, we got five pages with top priority written on them. That is the kind of thing. I hadn't noticed it with this issue, though I did happen to just flip to this uh montage page and just leapt right out at me as you were talking there oh there's iris saying top priority <laughs> well yeah you had a one in five chance yeah one in four chance of turning to a page with it saying it on there that is the kind of thing that that yeah once i notice it bugs me yeah i just remember like tracking it the whole time i was like or after like the second one i was like that's that's a phrase i've heard recently and then the third i was like no way and then the after the next two i was like no I wonder if, like, uh, maybe Cy Spurrier, maybe uh, if he was dared or something, maybe it was his top priority to yeah. get it in, that phrase in here, this issue, as much as possible. And perhaps also it's some sort of, like, core idea about the fallibility of Wally's priorities <clears throat> or the priorities of people going on right now. Like, maybe Wally isn't super thinking straight, and a lot of the things that he's executing, it seems like in this series, kind of, so far, just like he likes to just go hang out in that garden place because it's chill. Um, so, like, Ooh. you know, maybe his priorities are out of whack or something. That'd be really cool. If that's a that's just a a little. Uh, would that be a mnemonic device? Not quite, I guess. But uh, yeah, yeah, a little device in there to to <clears throat> a remind the triggers. Yeah, yeah, subliminally remind the viewer the, the viewer the reader that um 
So what was your score for it? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to give it a good solid nine. Okay. I'm torn between an 8.5 and a 9. I'm going to go 8.5, and and it should have been a 9, but I am docking at 0.5 for the top priorities. <laughs> 0.1 for each top priority. Cool. That is, uh, that's fine. Yeah. So, Roman, did you read Ghost Machine number one? Um, boy, hearing you say that out loud, Ghost Machine, wasn't that the name of an album or something? Ooh, that's a good At question. some point? <laughs> that just sounds so, hearing that out loud, it just sounds so... Uh, familiar like 70s been metal. done before ghost machine is a rock band oh they wow released, but they released some music in 2005 and 2006 which isn't oh wait no but ghost in the machine is obviously the oh, album by oh, the police yeah um 2005 the band ghost machine roman was a big ghost machine fan so for those listening at home yeah uh, home alone 2 and ghost machine two things roman is very into proselytizing yeah people didn't know i'm, I'm a ghosty yeah, you're a ghosty. So sidestep that. Did you read Ghost Machine? But yes, number I one, did. This image one shot. <laughs> I certainly uh, did. So behind the curtain, parting the kimono, peek behind the, the window, everyone. Uh, our comics all usually are here by Tuesday. The final one arriving Tuesday. So I sort everything, do everything on Tuesday. And they're ready for a Wednesday when new comics come out. Uh, we got our Penguin comics. So Dark Horse and Marvel. Quack, 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 IDW. Quack. Uh, in... On Tuesday, then we got Lunar in on Wednesday, and then we got Diamond in on Thursday. Lunar is Image and DC, and then Diamond is like the dynamite boom. Anyway, it was very scattered. Things were read in strange orders. Priorities shifted, so it wouldn't blame anybody if they had missed some comics, especially if you were from our store. This is a one-shot. It is the like kind of anchor point, jumping-off point for this uh, ghost machine universe or this the unnamed universe um or the unnamed is one part of it so ghost machine is this larger universe that they're building uh frank or jeff johns uh is one of the kind of main writers championing head heading this collective of a bunch of other creators which are all pretty incredible creators uh and this has little several page stories for all of the different series that are going to be coming out looks like there's four kind of imprints within it one's the unnamed which consists of geiger redcoat geiger and redcoat then there's rook exodus which has rook exodus and then family odysseys which has a book called hornsby and halo and the rockefellers and then hyde street which is a several page preview of a story that is written by jeff johns with art by ivan reese ivan reese i think yeah yeah yeah, and it's kind of a Okay, so just like what what did you think? What did you think about this concept as a whole before we talk about the stories within, like, and the execution and like as a whole? Did you like this thing? Yeah, as a whole, I mean, I like the. I mean, it's cool seeing this new universe being being aborned. Yeah. Um. You know, um. And I like and I like you know most of these creators. I I like their work. So it'll be exciting to see. Um. You know, we've been reading uh, Junkyard Joe and Geiger. For a couple of years now, there are short yeah. miniseries and one shots and things, and those have been good. I'm, I think I might be most intrigued by the unnamed group just because, uh, the character. Where's the? Here it is. Um, it's Red Coat and Junkyard Joe and um Geiger in the future, but it's all people that are linked somehow by their all their stories all start in a different war in America, and and that's their only link that they're somehow tied into wars i i feel 
very much the same. I liked the execution of the issue. They put it out. I would say that like the four different sections of it all have very different tones and I don't know if they're connected at all. So it, it feels kind of scattershotty as an issue. Um, yeah. And yeah, the unnamed portion, Geiger and Redcoat and Junkyard Joe are the ones that I'm most excited about. I have not read any Junkyard Joe, uh, which I need to. There's no reason that I haven't. I should have um, just got to got to collect it and read it. But yeah, so and that's hard to not like because it's like Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. That's one of the yeah. like best working duos in comics right now. And the next one is Jeff Johns, Redcoat and Brian Hitch, who is not an artist that I particularly like. But I don't know if I get into the headspace of I'm reading a Brian Hitch comic. It's always fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, plus, plus Junkyard Joe is one of the main characters in it is a is a comic book comic strip artist. So that's the interesting thing to, you know, a comic book writer like Jeff Johns writing about a comic strip artist who's, you know, in retirement. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the next story, The Rook, I don't know. I like, Oh yeah. I, I pretty much end up liking any, you know, there's an element that they each have, each of these people has a helmet that allows them to communicate with and I guess control or influence a certain animal species. So I like that idea. Yeah. Um, science fiction series see what's going on with that i think it's funny that they make a big deal about this issue being the first appearance of uh a character in this rook dire wolf and after i read the excerpt i was like well where is she oh she's in the, she's in the shadows with her back to the viewer of the last in panel the, of the okay. story and i was like oh there that's her first okay and why are they <laughs> investing in her as being like the big number one character in this series yeah, yeah that one now that you explain it yeah is is better the other stuff is all these kind of like family stories like the Rockefellers and this other one these kids that are like an angel and a devil yeah and it's yeah actually it's that's an awkward it's god the family story it's an awkward title because it's actually rocket fellers oh you're right because it's science fictiony yeah yeah it's it's science fictiony and they go back and they're from the future they go back in time for some reason to our time to hide out for some reason and you know seems okay Uh, just kind of fluffy yeah yeah i I, yeah i'm not are you interested in the hornsby and whatever no not at all thing not at all yeah man me neither i didn't care about that and the last thing hyde street is going to be a horror thing by uh that's the one jeff johns and ivan reese yeah and i wasn't really able to get a grasp of it all what they were trying to get at in it outside of the kind of like endless nature of this hyde street place and but i'm absolutely gonna read it and i bet i'll like it. i like the tone of it i just didn't really track it yeah, yeah, I like the tone of it a lot. I like the goofy uh, X-ray specs the guy at the end of the story is wearing. So I'm like, okay, you got me with the X-ray specs. I'm interested, and it's a great title. So Hyde Street. That's yeah. Hyde is just cool. So what do you? What do you? I don't know. Hmm. The parts that I liked a lot, I would go like eight point five nine, like the Geiger red coat stuff. The yeah. rest of it, I would give kind of like a seven. Yeah, I think that's that's a pretty accurate assessment. I think. Um, yeah, the front and the back, the Hyde Street and the unnamed stuff, definitely a nine for me, and then everything in the middle, seven. All right. Well, there we are. Roman, forgive me. Are you reading The Holy Roller? Uh, uh, I haven't read this latest issue. Okay, but you are. You have read one and two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I won't talk much about it then, but I'm glad that you're reading it. It's It's a really interesting book. So it's written by Andy Samberg and Rick Remender and Joe Troman. I'm not familiar with the third man, but Andy Samberg seems better at doing this than I would have expected. And maybe he's elevated by Rick Remender, but like it is a great blend of a dark 
comedy drama, I guess. Um, Yeah. And this episode, like, I don't know, like you feel for these people. So the character is really is really great. Rick Remender is generally good at wading into those kind of morose, tough family going home type stories, which this is, but then it's anchored like by the birthing of this idea where he, I think he's eventually going to become this like crime fighter who has this armor suit and he fights with bowling balls, which is stupid. And (laughs) I can't imagine there's not going to be some trail based on what's happened in these first couple of issues. But uh, yeah, like you can't help, but, feel for the family around him and some of the people in this community. And it's just a well-conceptualized community and you explore more of those side characters in this issue. So um, I'm liking it. I'm going to go 8, 8.5 cool. on this one. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad. I'm looking forward to this. And I can't remember. Does he... Because a bully ball is a weapon. Yeah, that'd be devastating, but it's so awkward. I mean, does he yeah. have a way to make the ball come back to him? I don't know. I think his fingers are just <laughs> in there and he's just like throwing punches with bowling balls. Oh, he doesn't actually... The ball doesn't leave his person <laughs> i guess i didn't think so but i bet he's gonna have to throw it sometimes yeah yeah oh, and yeah. then what do you you run after it what <laughs> exactly you need to really rely on the accuracy of that one bowling ball throw you know he's got a he's got a teen sidekick named ball return mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't really matter he goes through a lot of them you just need somebody yeah. who can return yeah. the balls um roman what's something you read you want to talk about um gosh you know here's a comic i don't think we've talked about on this show yet oh Power Girl number five. Oh, Did hell you yeah. Did you read that? No, who wrote and drew that? Oh, um, and the only reason I really I read it is because it's got it's got Streaky the Super Cat on the oh. cover. And he's having little cat dreams, oh. which are not at all what Power Girl is imagining he's dreaming. Um, it's, uh, oh, well, see, there's another thing. I'm surprised you're not reading it yet. It's uh, writer Leah Williams. Oh, huge fan of the work. Yeah, Big yeah. fan of Leah Williams <laughs> and, uh, and the work that she's put out. Big fan of the work. Yeah. All right, it's good to see that she's doing stuff even under the radar. Yeah, the artist is David uh, Baldion. Okay, yeah, he uh, did the Domino Baldion? series at Marver. Marver. Ah, okay. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if I read the previous the fourth issue but i got this one just because it was all a streaky super cat story and yeah the story is about streaky having because he he i don't know remember what happened but he was supergirl's cat but right. now he lives with power girl and power girl's roommate um uh, i forget her name she's a, huh. a former titan um and they're a team now um and it's just about the two humans go to bed and streaky goes off and has a cat adventure in the city um rescuing other cats and and doing cat things except he you know he's a kryptonian cat so he's got all these superpowers um and rescuing some animals and going back home at the end of the day and in time for the morning and waking up with his humans huh. <laughs> it's super sweet i it, it's awesome and you're sure it's streaky yeah okay in fact he has that name because he's an orange tabby but he has like a lightning bolt looking okay. pattern a streak pattern in his fur on his side it's his own insignia you're sure it's not Stinky the cat? <laughs> no, it's Streaky. I don't. I don't remember. Oh yeah, the story's even entitled Streaky Does a Big Stretch. There's no. Oh, that's a great name, <laughs> man. I can't find anything uh, really? on her Wikipedia on his Wikipedia Streaky that says even mentions Power Girl. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm on the official DC one, so. And I don't know if Supergirl like gave him to Power Girl to take care of. 
to cat sit for her? I don't know. Whoa, and Streaky is a girl. Oh, okay. Good I to didn't know. realize. Sorry, Streaky. Wow. Well, yeah. well, Invulnerability, really Streaky was unhurt after Power Girl accidentally punched her into a wall. <laughs> Streaky does a big stretch. That sounds good. Dang. Okay, so what do you, what do you give it? <laughs> oh, I give it a nine just because oh, it's so yeah. darling. It's adorable. That's great to it's hear, It's an adorable man. cover. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Um, are, are you reading Titans Beast World, which Will mentioned in the email? Uh, I am. Yes, I read this one. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's still going pretty well. I like this Doctor Hate character. Yeah, Doctor Hate is fun, and I think I said on a previous episode, it amazes me that it's Has taken been. this long since the 1940s to for somebody to go, "Hey, Doctor Fate, Doctor Hate." Duh, that's yeah. obvious. I do have a um, couple questions for you about it. Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, first one, kind of a statement. So we got some. Amanda Waller stuff in this issue. And you know I've been complaining about the presence of Amanda Waller for a while. Like, she's not a great villain in my mind, and it feels like she's in the comics a lot lately because of the movies. But it occurred to me with this, because, like, she's kind of like she's kind of becoming a governmental force in this one that's out, out in the public and mm-hmm. the talk to the president doing shit, that, like, maybe what they've been doing is having her in a bunch of books kind of as a B or C level background character leading up to this larger thing that is happening now of her in a larger place of power where it seems like that's going to be a big part of Titans moving forward in the DC universe. So I guess I, all I want to say is I've been annoyed that she's been around because I don't really like her and it felt like it was because of the movies. But, you know, if I look at it from the paradigm of actually maybe they've been doing that thing that I like that used to be more in common in comics where you've got these like B and C plots in the background that are sort of leading to these larger universal things that happen every couple of years. Um, if I look at it from that lens, it, it makes me dislike her presence more or less. Um, so that, but my question, Roman, what, what is the reveal at the end of this? Uh, we get Raven who's like, Oh man, I'm going to fight you, Amanda Waller. And I'm going to use this crystal. Cause you killed what's, what's his name? Uh, Gar and and then she tries to use her crystal and then Doctor hates like oh sorry bro I already that's that's <laughs> just been a rock around your head for a while and I swapped it out and then they take off the helmet and who is that person that Doctor that, Hate is that was a big that was a surprise to me because yeah it's apparently um, Raven's uh, dark side her demonic side personified okay um, that's which... fucking cool. Yeah, because in the old, well, you know, when Raven first appeared in the Marv Wolfman, George Perez Titans run, um, that crystal was on her forehead because that's how she helped, like, contain her evil side, her demon side that she gets from her father, Trigon. Um, so she has, but, like, a yeah. full separate personality that um, is that. Yeah, which I don't quite side. remember it being totally separate, but it was just okay. a, 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 you know, her shadow self that she had to keep keep under control because it was so dark so we've um, never seen like a physical separate representation of that before i don't know i don't remember but there was a lot of runs of the titans i didn't read um right like i don't think i ever read all of the jeff johns run um this is the first time i've been aware of seeing it actually manifested outside of herself okay um and confronting her um so that's pretty spooky because you, you would think eventually her dad's gonna get involved trigon yeah and i love that this dr hate character that's awesome and the character design is awesome is a very titan specific raven centric villain like i yeah Yeah. the idea of them giving physical form to that aspect of raven as long as it doesn't like cause her to lose her powers or anything like is awesome yeah yeah i thought so too because i 
I've been expecting Dr. Hate to be, you know, some old Dr. Fate villain or Justice Society related villain. Um, But yeah, more for the Titans. Cool. I hope that Kyle Starks is coming in to do writing assists anytime anyone is writing Peacemaker in an issue. That would be awesome because, yeah, his series was so great. Peacemaker's been showing up more yeah, uh, because of that series and the films and the show. But other than the Kyle Starks series, he's not an interesting character. No. <laughs> no I think you're right, though, really about about Mana Waller that hopefully adds yeah, more of the, the classic like subplot running through the entire DCU. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Cause that's what Amanda Waller used to be back in the old days before she ever showed up in a movie or, or, or a show. Um, you know, she was that kind of character uh, kind of come around full circle. Cause she originally, I think became prominent through the original suicide well, not the original, the eighties suicide squad series. Um, and now because of that movie, she's big again, huh. but I hope it's deeper than, than just the movie and TV yeah, stuff. Me, yeah, me too. Uh, I give this issue an eight. Ah, I'll give it a, 7.5 all right all right uh i just want to briefly mention x-force number 48 roman are you reading x-force i'm not but i did uh read like the pertinent bits of this issue because this is the one with the beast classic beast on the covers yeah yeah Yeah. this is a very important issue of this series and i think x-men moving forward um and it's been something i've heard like chatter about people kind of thinking hypothesizing is what's going to happen since beast has been such a shit bird for so long. But yeah. uh, in this like beast had had these beast clones that we've seen around. He's been using uh, and we got rid of them all, but yeah, one of the X-Force members found one and saved it. And they told Wolverine. Um, and for whatever reason, the only backup that beast had or Krakoa had is one from like a specific time in early beast history. So they bring him back to life to help stop, this other beast and he of course like goes a wall um as soon as he kind of learns what's going on i hope he doesn't like you know try to start helping other beasts or anything because this is such a great so anyway yeah all of this to say this is a great opportunity for them to undo all that shitty beast stuff that's been going on for like 20 years (laughs) yeah and it gives them a great a great scape so i kind of thought this issue would be more talked about in the comic world leading up to it um but yeah stars and garters are back buddy yeah, I saw that cover it, it, with it. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So that's why I read, especially the last like the last five pages, because I was like, "Oh my god, it's just really like classic, fun Hank McCoy, fun beast stars, stars and garters, blue furry." I mean, just no, and I like I love it because him knowing that he turned out that way to me doesn't mean that he's going to turn out that way. It means now he knows how to not be right or not, you know, like seeing a worse outcome to avoid being like that. So, you know, I think it's a great, it's a great story beat. And uh, yeah, I gave that issue an 8.5 and I'm glad you had checked it out because yeah. Oh, my stars and garters, Roman. Yeah. If they bring back that version of the beast, the best version of the beast gets a, get a nine. Well, and it's been such a, like, I don't have any problem with, like a character becoming the dark version like that beast has, but it's just such a bummer because there are so many people who genuinely love beast as a hero. And you know, it's not yeah. like Jason Todd who people voted to kill off. And then I feel like should have stayed a baddie. Yeah. All along back when dark beast first came over from the age of X, it's like, okay, well that's cool. Cause he's the evil version, but we all assumed that we'd keep around the good version, mm-hmm. you know, and not just have him disappear and be supplanted by dark beast. Um, on the topic of X-Men, did you read Resurrection of Magneto this week? Oh. Or The Resurrection of Magneto? No, I 
forgot to grab that. Okay, well, this is the continuation of X-Men okay. Red done by Al yeah. Ewing, who you love. This follows Storm primarily. It's a mini-series, not just a one-shot. And it's going to be dealing with the resurrection of Magneto, obviously. I thought it was very difficult to get through and boring. So then like two-thirds <laughs> of the way through, I just kind of bailed and like flipped through the last couple pages. But in the sections that I skimmed, like a Dominion shows up and cool stuff is happening there. So that's awesome. Oh, no, I read that because there is a great page of uh, like a six shots of Storm all together, like through her different costumes, kind of like those Russell Dowderman covers. No, I, I read this whole thing. Actually, never mind. I, re I read it all, um, <laughs> oh, okay. but it did take me two days. But yeah, yeah. OK, well, I want to hear your thoughts on it because I you like Al Ewing's writing more than I do. And I think you've been reading X and Red up to this and you have more historical context for Magneto. Um, Magneto. Yeah, so I want to hear your, your thoughts on it. And I don't want to color that view at all. Oh, OK. Yeah, I'll have to read it. Yeah, because I did, I did glance at it, and yeah, it's like, uh, I don't care about the art, and yeah, okay, all I need to know is he's resurrected, but yeah. I should give it a more of a chance. I want to know what happens and how it happens, but yeah, that was yeah, because I didn't hear having read it. Yeah, because he made a point before that he was like, "There's no backups of me." Yeah. So how did they do it? How did they do it, Roman? I mean, I guess the last thing I want to check in with you on this week, Roman, is if you're reading Gods and what you're thinking of it. I'm. I did read the latest one, didn't I? Yeah, here it is. Um, I don't know. I'm. I don't know if I'm gonna continue. Of course, that's why I said before this issue too. Um, it's well crafted. I mean, the art is good, but I'm just a little. I kind of don't care. <laughs> and it seems like this is the kind of thing that grabbed me. I mean, cosmic scale, maybe some slightly weird weird fantasy type Cthulian type things going on I mean the last two page panel is beautiful yeah. um but I kind of it's kind of a little I don't know I feel, kind of feel like Django might react to this one I'm just like there's it's this it's just too weird and there's too many powers that be and natural order things and representatives and this one does this and this has this role and I'm just like what why why do I care about this and I I don't really so I'm yeah sorry. No, no, I... Well, well, I know you're digging it more than I am. Well, I know that it's... I feel like it has the disservice where it is, like, dealing with a lot of new characters. So our only, like, familiar character touchstones in this are, like, Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. So there's a little extra air of I don't care because, like, it is a lot of new concepts and characters, and I'm not super familiar with them. I'm still establishing footing. I do like it. I'm excited for this first eight issue arc to be done and have it hopefully continue so that like the, you know, I feel like Hickman stuff pays off and he's establishing stuff. And I mm. don't think that it's going to happen quickly. And I think sometimes it happens in two issues in some series, but a Hickman one generally takes longer. So yeah, I'm still like, okay, what's going on. I'm excited to read it. I do like the art. I do like the characters. I do like a lot of the big things that happen, but it's on that cusp of like, almost magical stuff that I like a little bit less. Um, we meet a character in this, like an aim worker. Yeah, I'm excited to maybe stop meeting characters and experience some growth and things with them and not have like new things be piling on. That, that all said, I am still really liking it. Um, I'm going like 8.59, but again, grain of salt because I have that inherent hop or Hickman optimism, the optimism. Ooh. I'm on hop juice <laughs> on this one. So the yeah, um, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'll give it a seven. I mean, I really like the stuff about the, whatever they call the Skinner box that's 
bigger yeah. on the inside. Yeah. Um, that was my favorite thing of the issue. There's definitely cool stuff in it, but yeah, like it could be, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you said, your touchstones in here are um, Dr. Strange and, and the in-betweener of all Marvel yeah. con cosmic concepts except it's a slightly different version of the in-betweener than we've ever seen before and i'm excited because the next issue covers has this girl that we've met and she's surrounded by the black swan characters that hickman had introduced in secret wars and his avengers oh. and new avengers run leading up to it so you know again like yeah. more things of familiarity to give these moments an ad added sense of gravity i think is what i'm kind of waiting for um and a real sense of stakes and that that comes hmm. with familiarity and context so um yeah. Well, Roman, that's all my thoughts on comics this week, and I'm really glad we got to talk and hang out and banter about them around dumb jokes and stuff. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, it was a, it was a, yeah, it was a strange week of comics because actually one of the reasons I read Gods and I wasn't going to, but because our deliveries got so spread out over the week, I was like on Tuesday, I was like, well, I need more than like yeah. five comics. I guess I'll read gods. Yeah. It bums me out when uh, I don't have a ton of comics to read for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm living off that hop juice of every week, you know, just a bunch of new comics as you probably are as well. Dear listener, please send us an email. We'd really like that. Um, and it's been, I got, it's probably, we're probably within a week or two of the next ultimate spider-man issue that's exciting for me oh wow geez already right it's I been guess... like two or three weeks has it been wow two or three weeks i can't remember if that was the week that you missed the podcast i don't know I it oh. may have been it, it was snow week was that yeah and that was the same week we had ultimate spider-man number one yes, and, and you texted us giant and you gave size. It like a nine or a nine point. yeah yeah you yeah. texted oh, right, us your right. score for it and it was really high um yeah yeah that was great that was great. All right, guys. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, plug for the other podcast, Django and I've been doing with our really good friend, Brian Garside, who texted me content for the podcast this week. But if it's not emailed to me, I will forget it like I did until this moment. Um, so maybe I'll email <laughs> it to myself. But uh, yeah, Data Bros, you can find it anywhere. Uh, we've got some new episodes coming out that are in the can. Uh, really fun chats that we do i really like it i think you'd like it too we got some good feedback Shout out dominic moseri who i love oh cool and it's just and it's just all about the data from star trek right that's yep, exactly no cool. it's about you know it's some about comic data data but it is also a lot of just sort of like running a comic shop and behind the scenes comic shop stuff and comic business brian also uh runs a pos system for mm. managing comic book subscriptions called manage comics um and he's got a lot of stories using that and he's been a wonderful asset uh, in developing CSA. So yeah, just a great friend. Anywho, everyone should listen to it. Um, that's all I got, guys. We'll see you next week. And as always, keep watching the skies. So long. Farewell. Well, Peter's and goodbye. Yeah.